Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. This is the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we are the Roto! Alongside the fantasy executive, Corey Parson, Wall Street, Matt Modica, and the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. <laughs> Who is that? I am Greg Sussman. <laughs> Why am I hearing myself? That might have been me. Oh, that's a shocker. What's going on, man? Yeah, it is me. No, no, I know it was you. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing much. I'm chilling. Yeah, what's up? What's up, Matty? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, Jake, how do you feel not to be behind us tonight? Mm, terrific, honestly. It's terrific. That's, that's so nice. Like he can be, he's not even in front of us. Right not now. even in front of us. I can't even see him Where right is now. He he's, he's around. I guess I am. I see you. Well, I'm glad. That's the important thing is that you see. Ah, oh, there he is. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, there, there we there go. He, should, we put him, should we put him behind this, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down that hole today. Um, the rivalry is back on. I was able to watch this press conference uh, while you guys were on the air a little bit earlier on. And like Chris Ballard was like, Super positive and super complimentary and super chill and relaxed. And then that, that mic drop of the rivalry's back on. There you go. Yeah, man, that was cool. Mic drop was that, it was cool. It was cool, but there's not a rivalry here. There is no rivalry between the Colts and the Patriots. Obviously, really Chris Ballard disagrees. Yeah. So, look, he, he spun it the best way he could. Correct. He was very, you know, controlled and said all the right things. But as far as a rivalry, no. That's not the case. All right. Do you, do you, is there a rivalry, Jake Seeley, between the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots? No, there's not. Not at all. And I, I said this to Corey and Matt. That was the one part of the, co- the conference that I wish he was just left out. Like, you, look, Patriots screwed you over. Josh McDaniels screwed you over. Everything, you got screwed over. There's no other way to put it. And honestly, it was kind of a, you know what, kind of move, in my opinion. That being said... Everything he was saying up to that point was great. You know, the fact yeah. that it was your first choice isn't always your best choice. So you and I both know this. Ben McAdoo was supposed to go to the Eagles. I'm pretty sure they were happy that their, their first choice didn't work out sure. because Saw that Ben McAdoo's now yeah, looking boy, for a you, job. Your boy Jeff Ratcliffe had that one, right? I don't remember who had that one, but you know, I, I saw that out there. I, 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 if it's Ratcliffe, credit to him. He also won some awards last night, so kudos to him. So, but anyway. Yeah, it did. It, it, but if you look at it, the fact is just everything was fine. We're looking for a new head coach. Things are black and white. I don't want to hear excuses. Everything was saying is fine. And then he's like, oh, the rivalry's back. He could, just leave the Patriots out about it. It's kind of like it's the Coke and Pepsi type of thing or it's the McDonald's and Burger King. Like, if you notice the person up top never mentions the other company, that's, that's something in advertising I learned in college way back when. If you were number one, 
you don't mention number two or number three or number four because you're number one. There's no reason for Duracell, if you notice, they never mention Energizer. It's the number one never mentions the number two. So you're obviously number two. You're grasping at straws here. You should have just left it alone. The bottom line is they went for the girl and they got turned down. So now they're going for their second girl. Pretty much. That's I think what it's, really I, is. Yeah, I guess it's Which might end up works. being better. Yeah, no, it, I'm actually, not saying. Yeah. Maybe you're more yeah. happier with that one. And oh, stuff. yeah. You don't want that McDaniels she can dude. Cook. Yeah, you don't want that McDaniels exactly. dude. But y'all can't be. You, you, <laughs> but I'm the one people worry about. <laughs> I'm the one people worry about. Well, look, I cook in my house. My yeah. wife don't cook. So. I'm just glad I didn't. What are you worried about? Yeah. I'm just, well, I can't say she can cook? No, well, you know oh, how. I don't know, man. Oh, do I have to say people kind now? No. I'm never going to say that. No, because people like people be like, hey, fantasy executive, you better be careful. You know, with all this stuff going on, you be saying some outside the line things sometime. But that right there, you can't. You're not supposed to say stuff like that no more. I'll say it again. She can cook. I didn't say she needs to be in the damn kitchen. I said she can cook. I'd rather have a girl who we don't have to get takeout with every single night where I, you know, I don't love to cook every single night. I'd rather have somebody who knows how to cook and knows how to make a damn good meal. I didn't say she needs her ass to be in the kitchen. <laughs> I, you just keep going down a wormhole. I don't like. No, but to, to, I know I, I, I'm a, I'm I make sloppy joes every night for I'm me and back, my lady. I'm back Jacob. I mean, it's a worm hurt. I cooked chicken a, last night. It's a worm hurt that you don't like, but I think you'd be conditioned not to like it. Unfortunately, look, I do laundry. I've done all this kind of stuff. So I mean, I yeah. I wish my roommate knew how to clean a damn floor. Like, that, that's nothing there. Wipes up <laughs> tomato sauce off the floor with a dry paper towel. I don't know. I thought they would take care of it. Yeah, you then see you the giant-ass red spot on the floor? Yeah. Like, no, you got to wet it. You got to put yeah, a little something. You got to use a Lysol wipe really handles that. that. That That's true, too. I'm just not a little dab. We use a lot of Lysol wipes in our, in our apartment. Yeah. It cleans everything, I, I can know? see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Nothing. It's a joke. No, but not, just, I, I, no, I got Lysol wipes the whole nine. Too. They're I, great. I'm, listen, cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah. I, I agree with mm-hmm. you. Oh, I know, I know Jake agrees with you, too. We're, we are yeah. all in agreement with that. Lady, yes. well, I don't want to get too deep. My there mom is the cleanest okay. person I ever met. Really? Right, really right, right on my desk my right here. Not I, I got my hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> Double hand sanitizer. Yeah, well, this, yeah, I, I found this other one, so they're just sitting here. There, there, there you go. So, quick question. Will you, going forward, say people kind versus mankind? No. Thank you. No, 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 no. I'm not. I, I didn't know that was a thing, to be honest with you. First, I, Justin Trudeau it is. I, it's the first time I heard of that. <laughs> I don't want to get into your thoughts on Justin Trudeau. No, no. He just mansplained <laughs> to, a, to a college student <laughs> yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm just reporting the news. That's something that happened. That would be a great segment. Matt Lentique reporting the news. I don't know that I would be able to last that segment each and every day. Matt mansplaining the news. That would be great. Oh, boy. Uh, about people, people explaining the news is, that, is that what it would be. All right, so we talked a lot about the NBA earlier on the, on the program. We talked a lot about Josh McDaniels. Do you have anything else, cool you want to get out with Josh McDaniels? You read these quotes. Um, we've been through it a lot. All, all four of us have. Do you have anything else you want to get out of there, or do you want to move on? I think I'm satisfied with moving on. I think there's a lot of people out there on, the, on, on Twitter and the net saying, oh, what did McDaniels do wrong? What did the Patriots do wrong? There was a lot done wrong in, in this situation right here, and um, the morality of this is 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 a bad look. It's a bad it's a bad look. Um, and then I and I also don't like the fact that that you the New England Patriots are never going to be forced to make an explanation of why this happened. They'll go up there, they'll media, we'll ask them a couple questions, they'll step over the answers, they'll chuckle with them, and then they'll get right back to business as usual. I, I think 
I really wish the commissioner had the, the guts to do something in this situation. I would like Corey's take on this. Say uh, you fantasy exec is the executive of so-and-so company, and the rival company is courting this guy, and they're like, we're going to hire him. He's going to be our new guy. And you step in and say, you know what? I want that guy. I uh-huh. want him back. Right. You know, that's this goes on in corporate America all the time. This Definitely. Is not like something new. Definitely. The thing, I don't know why we need explanations. I think I think the thing about it is you don't you the individual lives in love. The individual is not the corporation. So I expect the individual who had assistant coaches up and gather up and leave their homes and families. I expect that individual to be a, he, I, 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 corporate's going to corporate, but I expect the individual to do the right he thing. He did get that coach what a promotion from that? linebacker to DC. But next year, but next year this time that coach could be in the but same he spot. Been fired from the Cowboys in a year from now. He, too. But he, yeah, that, that's true too. But then he would have been him and his family up and then leaving and finding a way. So now he leaves Dallas to go to Indianapolis and can be back in Dallas again that, next that's year. Part but, of his but, grind, but listen, in, in, in fairness, right? If this guy kills his defensive coordinator, he might be a head coach for head coach. That's true too. We don't know how it would play out, but so that's why I want to give Colts the credit. Yes, McDaniels did screw these people over. I don't think anyone's denying that. But they may put he the Colts by giving them an opportunity this year and deciding to pay out their contracts and allow them to stay. They're doing the right thing, and they come out looking looking like roses here. So I I, I agree. In regards to your to your point, Matt, uh, it, it's, it's slightly different. But I understand what you're saying. That if I'm leaving my job right and I'm going to ESPN and ESPN. Makes the announcement, all right? Greg Sussman is joining us before I signed anything. And my boss is here, says, We're going to triple your salary to stay here. I go to ESPN and go, I haven't signed anything yet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay. I get it. And that's clearly probably what happened to Josh McDaniels. So Robert Kraft said, Many people do it. Robert Kraft most likely said, Give me a number that will make you stay. McDaniels gave him a number, talked to Belichick, and here he is. But why not give him that number two weeks ago? Sure. That's the thing right there. That's the grimy right. part about it. But I don't expect. But I don't expect better from New England. Exactly. I don't expect better from New England. But, but it's also it's something that Greg and I. If Greg said it, I said it. We've talked about before. It's the fact that the NFL situation caused this. It's yeah. The fact that if if they if, look look this way. Two weeks ago, Corey, if the yeah. NFL didn't have these rules and they were able to put pen to paper and say McDaniel's officially signed with us as soon as the NFL season is over. They he would have been locked into a contract, and then the Patriots would have never been able to do this. But because we have to wait until the playoff teams are out, then you this is why we this is why we're down this road. To answer your question, Corey, why now? Why not do this a week or two ago and give Indianapolis the opportunity to not not that they don't have the same opportunity now, but to hurry up and do their thing? I, I think it's very simple, and I think it's something that Andrew Brandt likes to say a lot. And it's simply the deadline spare action. When you get to a deadline, when something's about to happen, you make your, your last-ditch effort. That's what happened in New England yesterday. He was there to clean out his, his office. That's why he went there, to say his goodbyes. Look, I'm, I'm not, the point you made, like your ESPN was going to announce it, your boss would say, look, you know what, Greg, we're going to match that deal or whatever, give you this. Sure. You know, you get your own private jet on the weekend. Whatever, yeah, you, know, yeah. you want to go to Europe, we'll fly you there. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed necessary. <laughs> when you go on your European vacations, don't worry about it. Oh, man, it's a tough call right there. I feel, I feel um, you know, I, I just feel as if I just wish something could be done to stop the Patriots from this espionage like this. But um, Roger Goodell, listen, and, and, uh, and Roger Goodell, when, when you meet up with your owners and stuff like that, you got to fix this coaching thing, and you got to fix this catch rule. Do you believe, Jake, that Josh McDaniels, and I think you might have tweeted about it, um, has burned 31 other organizations now? He's dead to everybody? 
Yeah, that's what I said. And Charlie Cashley, I was joking about that, that he was listening to us when he put his out on NFL Network. But he said he's burned bridges he doesn't even know about. And I was saying the fact that it's 31 bridges because obviously the Colts are one of them, but the other 30 teams as well. Because maybe 10 years from now, because maybe he's super successful behind Bilicek and people can forget and time lost and things have changed, whatever. But at least for the immediate future, if things don't work, and I, I brought this up, what if Bill Belichick changes his mind next year and decides to sign an extension? You know, the Patriots, if Bill Belichick's coming back, the Patriots going to keep him. The Patriots aren't going to say, no, nah, Belichick, we're, we're ready to move on to McDaniels. That ain't happening. Sure. So if Belichick changes his mind, or what if McDaniels pulls what he did with the Broncos and he sucks for a year and a half? Whatever it may be, he's looking for a new job within the next four to five years. He's not going to find one. Well, 41, uh, or so, so I'll say this, purchase. and I want to go back to Pittsburgh here for a moment. Because when they when Bill Cowher retired, everyone assumed Mike Malarkey would be the next head coach. Malarkey or Russ Grimm, their their offensive line coach. Rooney oh, Rule. Oh yeah, Russ Grimm was really in was really sure. supposed to have that job. That's right. Rooney yep. Rule happens. They interview Mike Tomlin. He blows him away. Mike Tomlin obviously still the head coach uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's say New England. Bill Belichick walks away. They're going to interview Josh McDaniels. Obviously, they're going to interview. They got to do the Rooney Rule. They're going to interview somebody else. Maybe they bring in a third candidate. If this candidate blows them away, Josh McDaniels just screwed himself. Just screwed himself. He screwed himself anyway with the move he made. But I just look at this from, from, from this angle right here. Tom Brady doesn't want Jimmy Garoppolo in tow. Robert Kraft ships him out of there. The Patriots lose the Super Bowl. Robert Kraft says, let me keep Josh McDaniels here. You know what? And you have this job when Bill leaves. I think that some of this is done to kind of push Belichick. You have your heir apparent now on your staff working behind you, and he just got a raise. If I'm Bill Belichick, I'm like, what's going no, on here? I, so I don't agree. Belichick was involved in this decision from anything. You think really, so? Yeah. I don't know. 100%. I don't know. 100%. And if, Bel- that's the Belichick- case, if that's the case, then why didn't Belichick tell him to go? Belichick would have kept him there from the jump. Belichick would have told him from then, no, you're not going to Indianapolis. That's not the move you're going to make. See, why not tell him then? I don't think Belichick was involved with this. See, I think this, like I think, I think this was Kraft and Brady. It sounds like he was. It sounds like he was completely involved in the conversation. Then the thing with Malcolm Butler, I think this is a shot at Belichick right here. Who wants the heir apparent working on the same staff as them? Belichick's done it. Hmm? Belichick's been that heir apparent multiple times. And what happened? And Bill Paul tells him we had nothing to do with him. No, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, I think we're spinning a, l- a little bit. Look, some, something was said on Monday. Uh, McDaniel maybe slept on it Tuesday or whatever. Tuesday morning, he got a call. He came into Kraft's office. And Jeff was like, here's the offer. I want you here. This is a very successful man that wanted him to stay. Correct. Made him the offer that would keep him there. Give me, he obviously said, what does it take to keep you here? I want this. I want this. Will you give me this? Kraft said yes. And very I simple. Agree. I agree he did burn the bridges for now. But yeah. in a couple of years, you know, things change. New GMs come in and stuff like that. It's true. People that he has connections with and whatnot. Old boys club and whatever. Jake, anything else on Josh McDaniels? No, I think we've basically laid this one down. Okay. I want to talk about some baseball then. Because I promised Matt I would do it. If I didn't get to it on Roto Experts, if I didn't get to it on FST, I'd get to it on Roto Experts. Even though he's still frustrated, <laughs> you can see it, he's still annoyed. Corey's got all the ADPs. <laughs> I don't need that. ADPs. I don't need, I don't need that. I, I have my own preparation. We're going to play a minute to win it on Roto Experts. Oh. Play a little minute to win it. Here's how the game works. I have no idea what that is. I know you don't have no idea what it was. That's why I'm going to tell you what it is. <laughs> 
I'm going to give you a player. You have one minute to describe to the rest of the table why we should be in on him in 2018. Even if we don't like him. We'll just Even it. if you don't like okay, him, no, I gotta give you, I'm going to give you a player. And you, it's your job positively. positively to sell it to us. It's kind of like Shark Tank, but you're not, not as, you know, you're not trying to sell us on a round or anything. You're just trying to sell us because we're not even that deep yet. It's our RotoCamp, hashtag RotoCamp. That's all it is. Where's that RotoCamp? So you're just going to sell us on this player. Do you have to read Fantasy Factor in this hour? Uh... I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. But should I read? Or should I read it anyway? I'm just. <laughs> I don't know why that came into my head just well, now. Well, you think you give it? You, did you read it last hour? Yeah, I did. If you think you're giving DFS a try, Fantasy Factor is a perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter price, pool, smaller field, single entry contest only. Fantasy Factor runs NHL and NBA free rolls each and every week. The free enter. So sign up today at www.fantasyfactor.com. Okay, there you go. Now, as I described to you, minute to win it. I name a player. You have one minute. To sell your compadres on it. Can I actually borrow your phone, Matt, for the time? Just unlock it. And, you know, little face identification. Matt got the 10. You got to put your face on it. <laughs> All right, here we go. I don't, I don't even know. I don't have a 10. I don't have a 10. You got to put your face right. on it. Ooh, that's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. All right. Let's go one minute here. Stopwatch. All right, here we go. Who would like to go first in this endeavor? I'll go first. Matt Modica says he's going to go Why? first. Silence for everybody else. All right. You have a minute to win it. Or are you ready, sir? Let's do it. Your minute begins right now with Corey Seager. Corey Seager is a guy that can hit 300. He's just a baby. He's got the batted ball profile you want. I believe he's like 6'4", 220. This is not a small, fragile kid. Uh, I think the best he's yet to come. But, uh, I can't say anything negative. So I think he's at the come. I think he's actually undervalued at his price. What is his price? I think it's like around forty in the ADP. Okay. Top of my head, it might be a couple spots off. No problem. Uh, but yeah, you got a better ball profile. The kid, it's about three hundred. Can hit thirty home runs for you. Play shortstop, so you get the position as well. And he's on a very good team, so the counting stats should be there. He was a bit injured, but I think he's fine now. So. Corey Seager is a man to own. There you go, Corey Seager. That was a minute to win it on Corey Seager. Who, that by the way, good. the Dodgers uh, are projected to win 99 games. It is the most in the National League. No one has more than 89 games projected from Petco, uh, which came out today. Pakota? Pakota. Pakota. Um, really? 99 wins for the Dodgers, the most in the National League. And 10 more than anybody else? In the National League, yes. What they got it for my Nationals? I, I didn't see aren't it. They, didn't aren't they more than anybody? I thought they were more than anybody. They might be. Yeah. I just saw 10 more than anybody in the National League. I didn't actually have the uh, whole thing. I think they're, let me double check because I know the, they had the Yankees with 66 losses. So Really? I know that they have to be. Yeah. So here, I'll tell you in a second. The entire 90, yeah, 96 for the oh, they got the Astros at 99 as well. 97 for the Indians, 96 for the Yankees. Okay, there you go. Those are the four teams over 90. All right, so that was a good job, Matt. I think the other over under. I knew you. I knew you were going to take the under on the Yankees. I'm taking the under on the Indians, but anyway, go ahead. This is not over under time on win. But this is pretty good, though. That would have been a good idea. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Plenty <laughs> <laughs> oh, of time to do that. That's already on my show sheet, Corey. Oh, God. <laughs> FST overtime. Dude, this time of year, man, the stuff started getting like. That's a good idea, Greg. I'll do that next week. <laughs> okay. Corey. Yo. Were you sold on Corey Seeger? Yeah, I was sold on Corey Seager. I think Matt did a good job uh, breaking down Mr. Seager and how he can be a 
a, uh, a help to your Roto team. All right. So you're, that works for you, Corey Seager. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, this, the, this, this is annoying. Oh, there. It's back now. Okay. Jake Seeley, all in kit. Were you sold yeah. on Corey Seager? I didn't need to be. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. Go, go ahead on Corey Seager. <laughs> I was just sitting back listening to all the good reasons that he's, he's deserving of what he is. So you're very in on Corey Seager this year? Yeah. Wanted to, would you like to describe your reasons? No. Matt did a really good job. I don't need another minute. I'm not giving you a minute. You'll you'll have a different player a minute to win it. But I wanted to just know. I wanted to expand on Corey Seager. There's nothing left to expand on. He I talked about him for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, all right. I thought you guys more. Whatever. Um, There's two minutes to win it. No. Is nobody is nobody concerned about Corey Seager's injuries that knocked him out? Of, that would be my only concern. Out of the championship series positive. last year. Played in the World Series, wasn't really himself. Last year, home runs were down 26-22 to 22 in a season where the home runs were up across the board. Struck out a tad more, did walk a little bit more. Average a tad down, OBP a tad up. Uh, are you guys expecting kind of more of the same? Matt, I already heard from you. Uh, I'll go to Jake. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I think that he gets back to what he was, the basically mid-20 home runs, but that kind of production of the position. It's a very, very, people need to realize it's a very thin position this year. He, uh, obviously the uh, the K rate last season at over over twenty percent. You you don't want to see that. So normally this is a guy with good plate discipline. So you want to see that K rate dip back down. What's his what's his bat baseline? Because last year his batting average on balls and play was three fifty two, which was actually lower than any at any point in his Corey, career. you hate Babbitt. I know, but it's it was, it, He's eating avocados now. (laughs) You will hear you will hear the phrase "babip" until the end. Between now and the NFL draft, I'm allowed to use (laughs) "babip." After that, it's it's back to being evil. Let's continue. Let's continue. This is annoying. All right, yeah, I, can, I should have brought my phone up for this. I guess I could just use it's you. It's 10:31 if you want to do something. Well, I don't know if 10:31. There we go. Back. We're back. All right, here we go. Jake Sealy, are you ready for your minute to win it, my friend? Yeah, uh, sure. All right, minute to win it, Jake Sealy. Your player is World Series MVP George Springer. Mm. Oh, sorry. Am I going now? Yep. Why? Well, I... He's amazing. What more do I need to say about George Springer? There's a reason he was the MVP. Look, I'll, I'll say this. Last year, a lot of people were hyping him up, and he kind of got into a range where people were like, oh, he's going to be overdrafted. Oh, he's not going to come through. Oh, he's not going to hit the 30 home runs. And he did. He hit the 30 home runs. But one thing you need to understand about Springer, though, is he's not going to steal bases. So, so you have to understand that. But after that, you're getting a great average. You're getting 30-plus home runs. You're getting about 190 to 200 combined runs in RBIs. And you're getting one of the most powerful lineups in the league. And as you mentioned which just before with Pagoda, 99 wins for this team. This team back together with that lineup from top to bottom. I don't even care about their pitching because we're talking fantasy-wise. George Springer is going to produce in the middle of that lineup constantly. And I have no concerns about him being able to replicate exactly what he did. You just paste his numbers from last year to this year, and I'll take it. What were the numbers last year? It was like 32, 34, 134, 112, 85. Your yeah. minute is up, sir. Can I add just one thing? I agree with everything You can, you can add more said. than one thing if you'd like. Uh, everything Jake said I agree with. And I think he can't even get a bit better. The strikeout percentage went down like close to 6%, 5%. So this is a kid that more of a late bloomer. He came up when he was older. And What's college at UConn? For all the things Jake said, if, if, the, if he's becoming more disciplined at the plate as well, the, you know, the eye is getting better, you know, maybe you know, there is a bit more you can even get. So I'm super in on George What's Springer, his injury correct? thing? What's his injury thing? Because he played in 140 games last year. Where's those other 22 games go? What happened? 
I don't even know. I, random, I don't random uh, maintenance days. He went from leading the league the previous season in uh, plate appearances. He put up 629 last year. So he had over 100 less plate appearances yeah. uh, that season. But he hit five more homers, scored four less runs, and drove in three more RBIs. But like Jake said, he's not going to steal anymore. I mean, if you got somewhere near eight or nine, that's just a bonus. Yeah, that's definitely a bonus. So, By the way, they're, and they're, their gold uniforms look awesome this year. They're oh, I haven't alternates. seen those. Oh, I gotta check those out. Hey, let me ask you. Wait a minute. I'm looking at this dude's numbers. Why is he not being drafted in the first round? So this is what I was gonna get to. Corey. Oh, okay. Because I look at these dudes' numbers. Jake, rightfully so, he's like, "What else do I gotta say about him other than he's awesome?" Because home runs went up, strikeout percentage way down. His average went up 20 points despite his habit going down 20 points. It was, like, uh, astounding to me. In the prime of his career, playing with the best team in baseball, he's found love at the top in that leadoff spot, scored over 100 runs two years in a row. RBIs went slightly up. You're right. He's not going to run anymore. Why isn't he going on the back end of the first round, as Corey suggested, Jake? I can't, I can't tell you. I think maybe, like, the high-end second round, just because you're looking for five category, if you can get it, or you're looking for elite something. The fact is... George Springer is great at it. Like he's great. Like 280. That's that's probably that's good. The runs in RBIs combined together, great. 30 plus home runs, great. The fact is, he doesn't get you the elite power like a Stanton. He doesn't get you the elite stolen bases like anybody else in that range. There's actually most of those guys stealing those kind of bases who don't often offer something else in another category. Don't get to the first round anyway. But it's the fact that no stolen bases, five, six, as Matt said. If you get eight, you're going to be happy with a few extra bonus because that's lacking. That's why he's not in the first round. Would you say, Jake? Would you compare him to being the outfield version of Anthony Rizzo? Because, I mean, Rizzo has the RBIs, he has the runs. 100%. So the name that I brought up, you brought up Anthony Rizzo, and he and, and he's someone that you like. You, I know you like Matt third out of the first baseman of Votto Freeman. You like the Rizzo well, last fourth. of that. He, I mean, be, uh, out of that group, because it'd be Goldschmidt. Yes, you know, Votto or Freeman to me. Votto or Freeman to you, and then you had Rizzo third out of those out of those three. Mm-hmm. The name that I thought of, Jake, was the outfield version of almost a Manny Machado. Honestly, the average was much better. Home runs are very similar. He had much. He had a lot more runs, just a few less RBIs. Why is Manny Machado going before George Springer? Third base. He shouldn't be. Third base. And, and, he's saying he shouldn't yeah, be. Okay. Outfield is just a shout. People seem to yeah. still forget you need five outfielders. Uh, outfield gets really, really thin. Like. Guys like Kevin Kiermaier become like necessities where he goes and say that tenth round right. and stuff. You know, Manny Margot's look, I love Manny Margot this year. I think it's gonna make another step, but I'm also putting some faith in it. I'm putting some faith in it. I'm looking to see what he did in the second half. And because I think he's gonna get the playing time. Being a Padre, I don't see how he doesn't, you know, barring injury. So that's kind of the reasons why. Just looking at the numbers, to me it's a no brainer that George Springer should go before Manny Machado. I really believe that. What are you laughing at? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm pulling a core. I'm just looking at something else. Here's Machado. Like, <laughs> but Machado now is supposedly hearing if he stays with the Orioles. He, shortstop. He told them he wants to play shortstop. That, that, that's why the Orioles, right. are gonna, they want to keep him happy if they do trade him, crap, they sign him, whatever. But So if you get third-base shortstop eligibility and you have the same, I'd probably go that route. But Jake is 100% right about people dismiss Nomer about, oh, I can get outfield late. You can get guys late, but, I mean, you, do you want your fifth? I mean, Kevin Pillar is, you know, really become a lot more attractive when you're out. And you're like, right. I need somebody that can steal possibly 20 bases. Right, right. Corey? What's up? George Springer? Yep. 
I've already made my comment. Why is this dude not going higher in in, in you know in, in the first round? But I, I get it with the position and stuff like that. But when you look at Springer, he's 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 a player that's trending upwards. I think I think he's a guy that I would like to have on my Tout Wars team. Okay. Now Do you want to know what I was laughing at? Sure, yeah, please. Since our com- my conversation with Matt wasn't interestingly enough to you. It was interesting enough. I had already gushed on about Greer Springer. I was on the same page, but I just thought this was hilarious. It came across my timeline on Twitter. So this is a quote from Jeff Fisher today. I made the choice to not see my career as one that tied Dan Reeves for having the most losses in NFL history. I see it as 13 wins away from being top 10 in wins in history. All right, there you go. Sure, there you go, sure Jeff Fisher. <laughs> he put his own spin on it. Okay. Corey, you ready? Let's do it. Your minute to win it. Begins now with Justin Upton. My man, Jay Up, Justin Upton, 757 representer, outfielder for the yeah. Anaheim Angels. Right, so listen, this guy's had a long career. But really what we're looking at here is a 270, it's a 270 hitter, about 30 home runs, real back of the baseball card type guy. People always thought he was going to be a little bit more, give you double digits in steals and stuff like that. Um, kind of bounced around a lot this, at this point in his career. What we do like about him is... The ability that he shows with his power, his ability to play for the most part. He's durable cat, stays in the lineup, is always going to give you a good amount of games somewhere in that 150 game range. But his problem is, son strike out way too much. I mean, last year the K rate was approaching 30. He doesn't really get any, he doesn't really walk. He's just the guy who just swings and try to hit home runs. Not really a guy that is, you know, the most toolsy player, Justin Upton, but I think. According to ADP, I do think that he has a spot on fantasy teams because what he can do with his durability and the fact that he can hit you 30 bombs and give you about a 275 to 280 average. There you go. That's Justin Upton from the Fantasy Executive. Jake, smiling again, hopefully not reading about Jeff Fisher this time. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on Justin Upton? I am not as high on Justin Upton. I actually think last year might have been that towards the end of the career peak year because Justin Upton, Corey's right. Back of the baseball card. I'll get another horn. Cool. Back of the baseball card come the end of the season. But the problem is, throughout the season, we know what Justin Upton is. He's going to disappear for a month. He's going to be like, oh, look, Justin Upton's amazing in April. Where the hell did he go in May? Oh, he's back in June. Okay, he's gone in July and August. But he's back for September. That's really great. Justin Upton's frustrating. I hate him in head-to-head. You can tolerate him in rotisserie, obviously. But the biggest thing is last year, was the backup was way up, the average was way up, and then he went to the Angels, and it kind of normalized. The power stayed the same. That was all good, but he went back to being what he is. I don't think 270 is his average. I think he's more of a 250 type of guy, maybe 260. Uh, the power is going to be there, but you're going to have to live through the slumps of the up and down, and that's what's frustrating about Justin Upton. I, I think Jake's right here. I'm like In Roto, I have no problem drafting. If I was playing in like a head-to-head league, I don't think it's, it's tough. That makes it different because Corey point on the back of the baseball card. I think 30, 100, 100 is very doable, especially with I, I like this Angels team a lot, the offense they put together, but I agree as far as the average goes, I think if you're more than at 250 high end, like 260 or just above, that's the high end for me for the reasons you said. I mean, the Babbitt was a like 40 points higher than what he's done the last couple of seasons. I look at the skill of durability too, though. That's definitely a thing. So, so Justin Upton, since 2011, has played basically out of one game, one season where he played 149, has had 150 games every year. Yeah, yeah look, it's, it's, it's maddening. 
But the counting stats are there. And that's why Jake said in Roto, he he totally works. Because the counting stats are there. Last year, he had his career high in home runs with 35. Over 100 runs scored. Over 100 RBIs. He stole 14 bases. Like he had well, a, it was also the first time he topped 200 combined runs in RBIs. So yeah, yes, it was. He was very, very impressive last year. But I think, as we always try to project for the future and, and kind of not look backward, the 28% strikeout rate, He's not good. No, that's horrible. The 341 Babbitt is both Matt, Corey, and Jake, for that matter, all alluded to. That That's not good. Yes, he walked more than ever before, which is fantastic. But I don't think as many balls that he contacts with that bat are going to land and find holes. Just to let you know, he's he's going after Ben Attendee. He's going a couple picks after Ben Attendee. And he's going maybe two picks before Byron Buxton. So he's in... He's sandwiched between those two guys. Those are also guys very interested in, in talking about both Benintendi and Buxton, both around the same age, both around the same um, stature, I guess. I'm excited to talk about both of those guys in the coming weeks. You don't steal them from me. Thank you, Corey. All right. Okay. <laughs> Tomorrow's show. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say it was like tomorrow. I said I have, I have plans to talk about those guys. Uh, yeah, right. It, yeah. All right, Matt, <laughs> your, your phone's gone out again, but you have one minute to win it. I feel like everybody's uh, everyone's kind of won. Everybody's done a nice job thus far. So, you have a minute to win it. Good luck. Your player is Brian Dozier. Brian Dozier is just the epitome of a solid, solid guy. I mean, he's a player you put in, you set it, forget it. I know a couple of years ago he might have had that one or two month stretch, which was thing. It's never going to be the high average, but everything else is going to be there. The power is real. The power is at a spot where. It, you you see it. He's a thirty home run guy. You know, maybe in a perfect storm, the fly balls go the right way. He can get close to that forty again. But runs, he's going to score. I like this Twins offense. Uh, target field for righties is not bad. That left field porch, he's he's shown he he can uh, do it there. Uh, he's durable. He'll chip in with the stolen bases. So he's just you know he's a foundation player. He's one of these guys you're going to get. You know. Right around after that third round starts, that third, fourth round, he's the guy I want. There you go. A minute to win it is up. As you'll hear the buzzer right now. There you go. <laughs> so, Brian Dozier called a foundation player, Jake, by Matt Modica. Somebody you, you plug in and you forget it. Yet, there are some people that exist, myself very much included, that almost remember not the tears he would go on like when he had a billion home runs last August and September where he was hitting a home run every day. And remember when he was batting like 200 two years ago in April and May and June before having a fantastic second half. Like, I... Uh, Sorry. <laughs> it's not you. I was, I was watching that West Coast game had me... You know I'd be, you know I'd be coaching that night, too. Corey. <laughs> I'd be coaching that night, too. Anyway, so... I remember that, and for those reasons, I get like annoyed at Brian Dozier. I don't know why. You look at these, fan, you look at fan graphs, for instance, and you look at those splits, and and they're amazing. Thirty-four home runs last year, over hundred run scores, ninety ribbies, double-digit stolen bases, an average that's totally fine at two seventy. The OBP at three fifty-nine. Babbitt higher than ever at three hundred. Does strike out twenty percent of the time, two years in a row, but the walk rate went up a little bit here yeah, as well. No, it's it's okay, especially in today's climate. It's okay. Foundation player for you, Matt. Where do you take him? Oh, uh, he's gonna go somewhere. If I'm not taking a pitcher in, in third early round? third round, yeah, in that early to mid third, uh, Dozier's gonna be one of the guys. You're probably gonna 
get to choose from the way the market is right now. People love Alex Bregman. Right. I kind of think this kid's going to be a future, you know, batting title kind of guy. It, but the question is, is this the year that Bregman does it? Or do you go one more year with, with Dozier? These are the kind of players that are going to be in that range. I would, for me, uh, I would probably go with the Grom or the Carrasco if I needed that arm. I, and those guys are on the board. I'm going to get those because I think there's a drop-off. Fair enough. He's going early to mid, third round. Jake, Brian Dozier. Yeah, uh, real quick, just for you, breaking news that the Colts are actually not going to just bring in Reich. They're bringing Dan Campbell, too. But anyway, that's, that's breaking news that's for you. That's weird. Brian Dozier. Do hey, former coach of the Dolphins. He's a leader, of men. He's a leader of men. He's a leader of men. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one, don't you? All right. Uh, when it comes to Dozier, here's why you've been disappointed, because he's a slow starter. Just wait. If I, I'm actually probably not going to draft him in most of my leagues because I'll wait and wait till after April and try to buy low on him. If the owner doesn't bite and the owner's smart enough, then, yeah, I can't get him. But the fact is, if you draft Dozier, you have to understand that he's going to get off to the slow start. The Aprils, both the last years, and then the May included, as you mentioned, two years ago, and actually partly into May. He's similar to Upton. He's going to go through dry spells that are going to last two or three weeks, and you're going to be annoyed. But as Matt said, foundational for what he provides at the position, at the end of the year, or tertiary, you're going to be happy. But again, another one, depending on what you play in, you don't want him in head-to-head because he could kill you for two straight weeks in head-to-head. So rotisserie-wise, again, I'm not going to draft him in the third round because I'm going to let somebody else pay that price and then hopefully try to get him after three weeks in April. But that also depends on what kind of league you play in. Yeah, and one, one more thing. If you just look at the fly ball percentage in the last five years, over 40%. And the last two years, it's in the mid-30s for the hard-hit percent. So that's what you got to be looking at, especially with, with the way this ball is. Unless something radically changes with this ball, he should be in the same range he's been the last couple of seasons. Okay, so, so there you go. What are your thoughts on Brian Dozier, Corey? No, nah, I like Brian Dozier. I think that he's one of the uh, top guys you can get at second base. Um, as long as he doesn't go back to the 230, 240 Brian Dozier, he's not going to kill you. He's got some pop in that bat to be a second baseman. And, um, you know, listen, like you say, the stuff about the strikeouts and stuff like that, it, it comes along with the territory. But it appears to me like he's really hit his groove these past two seasons. So you can lock him in as like a 30, 30, to, uh, 30 35 home run guy, 270 batting average. So uh, I think Brian Doge is a player that you can get it done with. Um, and that on that 2-3 turn, depending on roster construction, I don't have a problem with Doja. Right. Where's he? Where, he's like, it's nothing changed. There's nothing changing around him in the lineup or nothing like that, is it? Well, well he's going to lose, but so no, he's going to lose, so no. I mean, I'm, I, I'm waiting to hear when the MLB with, with camps opening up. I think they should be making an announcement at some point. Didn't they take a long time last year with uh, no, Reyes? They did, but I mean, I think they need to get out. Well, it wasn't Reyes. Who was it last no, year? Well, it was uh, yeah. Chapman. But, it was Reyes. Or oh, Reyes, Chapman, two Chapman, years ago. Reyes and Chapman, both okay. two years ago. But I think they need to get out from this. This is not an issue you want hanging around, and and. Just for anything, just for purposes. They need to deal with it. It needs to be corrected. One last in front of which? One, one last one. Sano's got that. Got okay. a real bad okay. domestic yeah. violence. One Do last. We have for time for one more. We have like thirty minutes. Uh, who's hosting the show, Jake? One minute. <laughs> one minute to win it here. This doesn't have to be exactly forty on the dot or thirty-nine. I can go as long as I want. Minute to win it. Put it on the clock. This is for you now, Jake. Your minute to win it begins right now with Anthony Rendon. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about Rendon now. I was all nice to you this morning. <laughs> Look, I was nice to you this morning. We talked wrestling, and now you got all salty on me this entire hour. I mean, it was a fun day, and now you're coming after me, so I don't want to talk Good about it. Come after you, so I don't have time. We have time. Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon is good for what he is. I think he's going to be overdrafted this year because of what he did last season. I'm still concerned about his injury history. 
And I'm going to be concerned about his injury history forever. I'm trying to sell you on it, but I can't because I'm not a huge fan of Anthony Rendon. I love him if he can play 150, 150 games, but I don't know if you can bank on that. So let's say he gets 150. Well, then that's nice because you're probably getting 25 and 10 and about 90 and 90. So, yes, great player. But is he going to get the 150 games? I, I can't sell you on that part. So there you go. I feel like we didn't, I feel like he did not win that minute to win it, to be honest with you. Is it a minute? Uh, it, it, you know, he, well, he, he was trying to be positive on a guy that he doesn't like. Had, uh, yeah, he doesn't like. It's tough. Anthony Rendon last year, increase in home runs, increase in ribbies, down in stolen bases. The average went way up. OBP way up. This dude was really good last year, man. The dude was fantastic on Sundays. He went he went crazy. He had that like a, a eleven RBI game or something insane. He totally destroyed the Mets a couple of Sundays. I I, I that's in. That's burnt in my brain, unfortunately. But yeah, look, Jake's right. If he, if he, if healthy, he's going to put up the stats. He's in a very good lineup. Now you have concerns about Zimmerman staying healthy, obviously. Bryce Harper, who I love, just always seems to get freaking hurt too, wet bag or something else. But for where he goes, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, especially for third base. If you didn't, take where third, where is he going? I'll give you that right now. I think it's the fifth round. So he's going. He's going the fifth round. That seems like pretty good value. Let me just Corey. Uh, you see what you see about Rendon is uh, you look at this past. You look at from 2016 to 2017. What you gotta like about his game is the strikeouts went down and the batting average and the home runs went up. So that shows that he's got things going in the right direction. He's a solid guy, a good piece. Like you know, you may overlook him, but if you got him on your team, you're like, I'm glad I got Rendon. Well, here it is. He's going uh, 57th overall, so in a 12-team, that's in the fifth round. Yeah. In a, you know, 15th, fourth round. All right, so, so there you go. Rendon, I think he's, he's another one of those guys, maybe not to the extent of Brian Dozier, but you said I didn't forget it. The numbers are going to be there at the end of the year. He's good. I know Jake's concerned about the playing. I would playing go Alex every day. Bregman over him. You yeah. would go Alex Bregman yeah. over him. I mean, Jake, obviously, right now, they're like 25 spots ahead. So would you go Alex Bregman, Bregman over him as well? Yeah, absolutely. I'm okay. a Bregman fan. All right. All uh, right. Two years ago, he played 156 games. Last year, 147 games for Anthony Rendon. That's going to do it for today's Roadmasters podcast, everybody. Hey, sure. We don't have one more minute. We could. You want? I mean, we could. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we could. Well, I'm going I'm to end it here. Uh, we'll play more minutes to win it, of course, uh, coming up throughout the next couple of months on baseball as baseball season ramps up. The BFFs are next for Jake Seeley, for Corey Parson, and for Wall Street, Matt Modica. My name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.